Welcome to the Wilco United Podcast, a video conversation for Gen Z. In each episode, we will unpack a kingdom truth, challenge a cultural lie, and give practical wisdom for following Jesus in your generation. Yo, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Season one is all about this idea, a collision of cultures. The culture of the world today has a radically different message when it comes to the topic of identity than the culture of Jesus and his kingdom. We can't expect to follow Jesus with our whole hearts if we're continually taking our cues from the message of this world. So today's conversation is designed to help you. My name's Adam Narciso, and I'm here with my friends, Ashley Butterfield. Hey, guys. And Daniel McLeod. How's it going? And we're going to do a deep dive today on one of the lies culture presents. Daniel, you want to read that lie, man? The cultural lie we're unpacking today. My identity is based on what I do. Mm. The live performance. Yeah. Ashley, what's the kingdom truth? The truth is that my identity is based on what Christ has already done. Let's go. Galatians 2.20. Here's the scripture for today. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. All right, we're unpacking the lie that my identity is based on what I do, which really ultimately is a lie performance. Yeah. Is that yeah. I do well, my identity's good. I do poorly, my identity sucks. You right, know? yeah. Or the things that I'm doing. But um, before, as we get into this, we kind of want to bring clarity to this. What, what are some of the ways we hear the lie of performance in culture today? I feel like one of the ones I heard the most growing up was in like academics. Like I was smart, so I was good enough if I made good grades. And if not, then something's wrong with me. And like, that was just the lie that was put on me to perform by how good I could do at school. Right, right. I would say this, I was going to say the same really? thing. Yeah. Oh, man. That you were really smart in uh, <laughs> school. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I would say that I think that there's just there just can be a lot of pressure in our in our culture, yeah. um, whether it be academics or you can feel status pressure right. or even the way you look or um, how you even carry yourself. There's a lot of pressure that the culture uh, brings upon you that you got to be a certain way and you got to look a certain way and you got to be a certain thing and you got to go to college and you got to do these things. Right. Um, when in reality we have we have a new identity yeah. in Christ. And, um, and we see that Christ has already, um, chosen us yeah. for yeah. who we're, who we're called to be. Right. Um, so I know I'm getting a little head. Yeah, you're getting ahead, bro. <laughs> you're getting where we're going, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Daniel's like, I know the resurrection, but we're trying to hear talk about the crucifixion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I think about our own culture here in Williamson County, um, one in, in the state of Tennessee, one of the cool features, you know, um, state, state policy, state law, you know, is fresh out of high school. If a student enrolls in community college, like we have here, at Columbia state university, our community college, and they maintain a high level GPA, they get their entire community college experience for two years underwritten by the state. Right. Free community yeah. college. Mm -hmm. Like huge, amazing. Like that's yeah. mind blowing when you think about mm -hmm. the price of tuition today. How, and yet yeah. still because in, there's such a pressure, Daniel, you're saying in, yeah. in our in our county for students to go directly in a four-year school, a lot of students look at that as like a really the bottom tier option. Uh -huh. yeah. Like a less than I'm not good enough if I can't afford a four-year school or something like that. Like the amount of money I have will define me and how much I work for it, you know, things like that. Or if I don't, I'm not good enough at sports to get a 
to get a um, scholarship, yeah. then you're like, oh, yeah. well, I'm less than. And you get your identity all wrapped up in that. All right. So the, the live performance comes with pressure. Pressure can look like a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Pressure can even force you to be convinced that a great opportunity like is really not for you. Yeah. <laughs> like that you suck if you have to give, give, you know, take access to that opportunity. Right. But I think when in high school culture, um, especially the, the lot, the, the whole culture of sports, right. Right. Mm. Huge, yeah. huge when it comes to identity. I think of a football player on football season right now. Yeah. Um, and man, it is, it's part of what you do, but we, I think we cross a line when we say what I do is core to who I am. Yeah. yeah. Like f- the average person only plays football a handful of years. It's true. Mm. And there's coming a day when you're going to play your last game. I mean, I played zero years, so Let's what go. does that make me? <laughs> I didn't play football. I did sports though. Yeah. I totally, I totally understood that, that pressure. Um, when I was in high school, I was at Centennial high school mm-hmm. and I ran track and cross country um, for four years. And I also was a student section leader at Centennial. Yeah. So I also really knew the the pressure that came with that. And actually for me, um, I felt a lot of pressure. Well, one, I love the sport. Yeah. So I love the sport of track and cross country. Um, but I would always tell people I loved, uh, I loved racing, but I didn't like running. <laughs> um, and so, um, I actually looking at it, I, I was like, this running and running in college is probably my best bet for, um, for a scholarship. Right. Right. And, um, cause I, in academics, I was just pretty average. Um, and yeah. so I was like, if I, if I, if I run fast enough, then I'll get a good college education. Mm. My, my family be proud of me. Mm. And, um, and that's the, and maybe I'll be a pilot cause that sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, there was actually a, a, a moment that I was actually at a Wilco United event and I was sharing the gospel. And I remember standing up there sharing the gospel and literally feeling this moment from God being like, Oh shoot, my life's about to change for the rest of my life. Everything wow. that I've worked for ever since, you know, being a little kid playing sports all yeah. the way till now, yeah. probably like over a decade, I knew that the Lord was calling me to share the gospel and that I was no longer going to go take any of those scholarships and that I was going to, whatever it meant to follow Jesus and share the gospel, whether it's in front of many people or just face to face, I knew I was doing that and I knew I was no longer using my scholarship. Wow, that's and so powerful. that moment, everything shifted I took it some gap years. I'm in college now yeah. <laughs> online, but um, I knew that my identity was no longer attached right. to this performance of trying to be something or do something. Yeah. Um, and it changed everything. And it was, it was the, honestly, it was one of the, like, it was an, oh shoot, but I know God's got me. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Really powerful. I think one of the one of the difficulties of placing your identity in what you do in your performance is that some days there, in life, what you do changes inevitably. Mm. Like at some point, you're going to stop running. You're going to stop playing football. You're going to stop being a cheerleader. At some yeah. point, you're going to stop earning grades. And so what happens when your identity is wrapped up in what you do? When what you do changes, mm-hmm. your identity is shook. That's yeah. absolutely true. And like one of the powerful things about the truth of the gospel is that if when your identity is rooted in Christ, it's unshakable. Yeah. yeah. So your life seasons can change. The things you do can change, but then you yourself are not shook. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. I actually went through that um, when I graduated high school because I played two sports. I was in played soccer and I was a cheerleader 
And I- You played soccer. I did play soccer. Girl, I didn't know this. (laughs) I did. But then when I graduated high school, I ended up destroying my ankle. And so I wasn't able to play any more sports going into college because I had to get two ankle surgeries, a whole reconstruction. And I did go through that season, my freshman year of college of like, who the heck am I without sports? I can't do any of this. I'm not allowed to flip anymore. I'm not allowed to run anymore, especially that whole year after surgery. And I was like, who am I? What do I do? My whole ground was shaken because I no longer could do what gave me my status in high school, what gave me my status growing up of playing sports, being athletic and doing all those things. It was absolutely crazy. Like what you were saying, just to be on shaken ground because my identity wasn't in something solid and firm. Oh man, crazy. Um, As we think about this, um, when we talk about some of our own stories and some of the ways we hear the lie of performance and culture, we've already hit a few of those. Like one of the symptoms of the lie of performance, you know, you believe the lie of performance when you're feeling pressure. Yeah. Whenever Mm -hmm. there's intense pressure. That's the moment where you can pause and go, okay, Lord, like, am I believing the lie of performance right now? My identity is not in what I do, but who I am in you. What are other symptoms of the lie of performance? Mm -hmm. I'd say like jealousy and comparison of like looking to other people and being like, they're more than me or they're less than me. And like that constant comparison and then feeling jealousy. If you think they're better than you, or if you think that they have more than you or they've accomplished more, I mean, and it takes away from seeing them as children of God, but you're seeing them as your competition that you have to devour, that you have to like, now be better than. Right, right, right. So someone else succeeds, someone else's success becomes a threat to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it hinders you from loving them because you're looking at them as competition and not, you know, a friend or a sibling in Christ. Let's let's talk about that. How do you how do you counter that? How do you counter jealousy, competition? Yeah. Like, what what are what do you do to? You know, for me, my mind immediately goes to the breeding grounds for so much jealousy and comparison in culture today is in social media. Mm. Like, it's not that we didn't struggle with jealousy and comparison previous generations, but it's that now we're confronted with it so often. So he, yeah. he, he, here's where my mind goes in response to your question is like, mm-hmm. I'm on I'm on Instagram, you know, and I'm scrolling through and I'm visiting the highlight reels of other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And on a low day when I'm a little bit discouraged, you know, mm-hmm. I can look at that and immediately interpret it a certain way. See all their success. And their see success all their... and weigh it against my suckiness yeah. or my feelings in the moment or right. my latest failure mm-hmm. and make the false conclusion that, I don't measure up. My life sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm not on time. That's yeah. so true. And so I, I know for me, one of the th- things I have to look at my own story of like comparison and jealousy, I have to go, how do I, how am I relating with social media? Because social media can be leveraged in a way that provokes me to jealousy, provokes yeah. me to comparison. Yeah. And so even before we talk about how do we deal with it, it's like, let's, in some of the roots of it in society today is totally. we'd be scrolling. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> yeah. true. It's true. I don't think we can live free of jealousy and comparison and relate to social media the same way the world does. If we're endlessly scrolling through apps. That's so real. Oh my goodness. We're, we're, we're like taking the bait, the same bait that the world does. Yeah. But w- let me put the question back on you all. Yeah. When you feel jealousy, when you feel comparison, like how are you responding? Mm. Yeah. I think, uh, I heard someone say this, a, a good friend and she said, um, if ever you you see something that causes you to be jealous or s- causes you to start to compare, instead of um, turning that, you see something you're like, oh man, I want that or I like that. Or maybe like, for example, like Ashley does an amazing job at teaching the word of God. And 
And if I, and if I looked at Ashley and I was like, oh, well, I'll never amount to how well she teaches the word of God. But instead I go, Ashley, you did such a great job sharing. It turns that jealousy mm. into a compliment. That's yeah. And, and I, that's something that she said is like, you can turn jet, like you, the way to never be jealous is to tell the other person and just speak into them. Mm. And be like, yeah. man, I, I love your shoes. Like those are so cool. <laughs> Build them you know up. What I mean, or, or yeah, exactly. Encourage one another instead of just that. What happens is when we bottle it up and we keep it inside, it just right. stays inside and it just kind of festers and it grows and grows. But then if we can just get it out yep. and, but in a, in a right spirit mm-hmm. and just say it, um, that's been the, probably the biggest one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'd say one thing I also do, and this comes from time of the Lord that I had a mentor teach me, but um, there's a verse that says like, uh, pray, pray and bless your enemies. And th- although they might not necessarily be your enemy, they might not be coming against you, but in a way the enemy's trying to use jealousy to make them your enemy, to yeah. make them your competition. So when I pray and thank the Lord for them and bless them and pray blessings and more blessings on them, it automatically turns my heart posture toward them of like, Lord, give them more, help them out. And then it's like, it turns my heart from instead of like, oh, I'll take from them or, you know, make them less than me. It's like, no, give them more, give them more. And then the Lord is going to honor that and he's going to bless them. And it just really changes my whole perspective on how I see them and see what the Lord has blessed them with. Mm. And it just helps me, helps me make sense of it, you know? Yeah. Powerful. I, I like, I like the idea of like, you know, I'm not going to take the bait of Satan. Instead, I'm going to take this jealous moment and I'm going to like feel it with comfort you just turn it into a compliment into a praise of someone else you know and yeah and combat with the opposite spirit yeah temptation opposite spirit's huge what the enemy means for evil right okay when we say opposite spirit what do we mean by that we're talking about you know someone walks in hate you walk in love that's right you know yeah someone you know he says you know you you get slapped, you turn the other cheek, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you bless those who curse you, right. yeah. you know, that's the opposite spirit, right? Right. You know, someone, um, degrades you, you compliment them, yep. you know, so mm-hmm. it's a temptation to compare or to be jealous. You, you encourage, encourage and build up, build yeah. up compliment, yeah. pray for them, bless yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. I think it gets you out of your own funk in some ways too. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Eyes off yours. Comparison has an odd way of like, you think you're looking at someone else, but really you're, you're comparing. So mm-hmm. your eyes are on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the kingdom, whenever your eyes are on yourself, there's always disappointment and discouragement, mm-hmm. depression to be had. Yeah. yeah. It never works. And then back to our scripture, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives yes. in me. When you feel the pressure of performance, the live performance, what are, what are you doing? How are you walking in the opposite spirit? We already talked on, you know, when we feel jealousy, I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm praying, I'm blessing. But when you feel the lie of performance, what, what's your go-to now? Mm, that's good. One thing I think of is really retraining my mind into the truth and thoughts of Christ. Because as Christians, we're not defined by our failures or our success. But the yeah. enemy wants to lie to us saying that we are either defined and we're less than by our failures or we're more than because of our success. And it's crazy because those two lies both pull us away from God in right. another way. Like the one lie is shame because we're less than. And so we hide ourselves from God. And then the other lie is pride because we're enough. And so then we're not going to God as a dependence. And the real thing is I feel like learning the love of God and learning how he sees us and really just retraining your mind of the truth is scripture of who God says you are yeah. and how much he loves you. And realizing like your identity is so much more than your usefulness. Your identity is more Sheesh. than what That's you good. can do because 
God would have died for us if we never did anything. God died for the babies who were, are, you know, died, had a miscarriage or died mm -hmm. prematurely. Or if I was a vegetable, you know, if I got in a car wreck and became a vegetable for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was literally thinking about a literal vegetable. Veggie tails. No, if I was a veggie tail. No, if I was like a paraplegic, I couldn't walk anymore or I couldn't talk and I couldn't do anything. God would still love me. And so realizing mm -hmm. like it's so much more than my usefulness and just like constantly reminding myself of truth of scripture. Mm. Super good. It's good. Super good. Well, this has been fresh. It's been powerful. I mean, any parting yeah. words, bro? I mean, comparison kills, first of all. That's yeah. probably the, the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, is just be, uh, there's one scripture I would say, and we, you know, we said, I, I don't have it in front of you. Read the, read the lie. The lie is, um, my identity is based on what I do. The truth. The truth. My identity is based on what Christ has already done. Mm -hmm. Based on what Christ has already done. Hit so it, he, so he, he came to give us a new life in yeah. Christ, a new identity. And I think the concluding thoughts would be, as I think of one scripture, and I wish I knew the exact reference, but I just remember the scripture. Say it, it says, I am rooted and grounded and established in his love. Wow. And Ephesians 3.18. There you go. Ephesians 3.18. And um, that is probably the go-to scripture for me um, when I feel uh, this this weight of performance yeah. come upon me. I just settle down, settle my spirit, settle myself. Yeah. And I go, I'm rooted and grounded and established in his love. Nothing of what I do changes that. Yeah. So that's my concluding thoughts. Your identity is not based on your best day. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Yeah. yeah, It's not based on your worst day. Amen. Yeah. It's totally based on the perfect work of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus, the cross, his glorious resurrection. You are new in him. Man, live that life. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Yeah. Boom. Let's go. Boom.